There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Max, Max, old buddy, remember that time when we left the high school, the high school prom early? We, we went down the street and tied a few on. <sighs> Man, it seems like like just yesterday when we painted the town. Well, whatever, whatever color puke is. Those were the days, weren't they? We'd stay up, stay up all night watching Gilligan's Island, scarfing down, scarfing down fistfuls of fruity pebbles, snorting you out our nostrils. Oh, I can't think of a better, better time in my life. Can you? We were gods, princes. The whole city, city tre trembled at our glare. Our bank accounts were scant, but our pants were long, and we didn't give a, a crap. What the hostess at the local, local IHOP called us. We want our pancakes, damn it, and we weren't gonna take get the hell out of my restaurant for an answer. We were bad boys. And what were we gonna do when they came for, came for um, us? Well, we proved them all wrong, didn't we? We didn't grow grow up. We, di we didn't throw up. We got ourselves a, a podcast and now rule the airwaves with clever clever quips and witty witty banter. That's why we were were and will always be Max Mike Movies. Oh what? dear, you're off your meds again, aren't you? What meds? This is live. <laughs> What's so funny is the series, and it also might be what you're thinking about my opening, but where we're looking at, what else? Comedies. And this week's film is among them, The World's End. Or is it? One person who knows is our host, Max King Ding Levine. Say something royal, Max. Hey, ding-a-ling, ding-a-ling. That's my ding-a-ling, um, because <laughs> I am the... King, that was King Ding's theme. No, it wasn't. And me, I am the popper to his prince, Mike Ding-a-ling Loose. All of that makes sense if you squint real hard. But enough <laughs> of this, let's get to that. Poll question. We were dying to know, last week anyway, what your least favorite comedy was. Lucky for us, you had ideas and ways to get them to us. Here they be. George Saulnier was up first with, quote, both of Billy Wilder's well-respected comedies, Some Like It Hot and The Apartment. The former's dated sexual politics have always grated on me, while the latter's classification as a comedy mystified me. There's nothing huh. funny about it. Uh, isn't it hilarious when Shirley MacRae tries to kill herself? <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's not wrong. Both remind me a bit of Shallow Hal, movies that want to say something positive about the issues they address while simultaneously mining them for humor. Just awful. End quote. Ooh, very interesting choices. Well, see our entire episode on Some Like It Hot in any case. But thanks, George. Mike Dan's offered, quote, Super Troopers. I just don't think it's that great. End quote. Haven't hmm. seen it, but I take your word for it. Thanks, Weasel. Yeah, I know a lot of people liked it. Is that, that's not, what is Super Troopers? It's one of those uh, cop parody, uh, what's it? It's not called based like on 911, is it? I don't think so. It's oh. some group I think called Flying Lizard. They do that sort of comedy. Ah. Mm. Well, Adam Mark, longtime contributor to this and to listener mail, said, quote, mm. I am told I am a hateful person, so this category is perfect <laughs> for me. 
Your Highness 2011. I went in thinking oh, it would be Lord. a f- <laughs> Oh dear. I went in thinking it would be a fun romp parodying Lord of the Rings and D&D fantasy genres. It did have amazing talent in Danny McBride, James Franco, Natalie Portman, Zoe Deschanel, and Justin Thoreau. It turned out to be a lowest common denominator stoner comedy with dialogue so predictable I began murmuring the next lines before they were spoken. <laughs> that a sounds hor- right. A horribly lazy, phone-it-in comedy without a smile to be seen in the audience. I was so disappointed, I still remember it. End quote. Wow, that um, does not sound good. Thanks, Adam. Mm. Apparently Max agrees with you. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, the only thing I would disagree with is I don't think anybody found it funny. Yeah. Because that, that movie tanked hard. Besides, isn't Danny McBride the one who just went to jail for being a horrible human being? I... I don't know, but they would not surprise me oh, no, in the wait. least. That's Danny Masterson. That's who I'm thinking of from that seven yeah, show. Oh, Never, that mind. Never mind. Ago, I have no yeah. idea who Danny McBride is. So anyway. Okay. Sorry, Danny. <clears throat> Nick Hoffman was a bit more broad with, quote, just about anything with Will Ferrell or Jack Black. That era oh. of comedy just hits me the wrong way, end quote. Uh, well, I can see that. That's but- a, yeah, that's a little harsh, though. I mean, come on. School of Rock is fun. I enjoy. That. I actually enjoy him in uh, uh, High Fidelity. See our entire episode yep, on High yep. Fidelity. I think um, he does a really good job in the new Jumanji movies. How about Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. Yep. But that's okay. He's not for yes. everybody. I'm sorry, Nick. You're wrong. No. What we'd like to say is thanks, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Val Coons, producer, director, writer, and actor of that stunning podcast, Q Footstep, posted, quote, oh, I'm stunned. <laughs> so many. Dumb and Dumber was the first that came to mind. The Three Stooges mm. in total. The Jerk. I could go on and on, oh. but for your sake, I won't, end quote. First I off, like here our entire episode on Dumb and Dumber. Still, uh, I haven't seen one Three Stooges movie, but uh, thanks, Val. I still probably won't. Mm. Derek Steele quickly, no, simply wrote, quote, Napoleon uh, Dynamite. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> End quote. Interesting choice. Thanks, Derek. P.I. <laughs> Vote for Pedro. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Stewart was probably most broad with, quote, anything with public humiliation, end quote. Well, that lets out pretty Ooh. much every teen comedy I, ever, and I can see why. That lets out about 90% of all comedy, I think. Eh, I understand where he's coming from. My partner uh-huh. also really can't stand awkward situations in films, so, yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks, Tyler. Keith Wright, uh, did we mention he's an actor mm. in Q Footsteps? Well, Q he- Footsteps? That's my f- second favorite podcast. <laughs> What's your first? Oh. Why? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he is an actor You're in that fo- in podcast. It. Yeah. And he wrote, quote, I think both of the Ace Ventura movies. I never saw them, oh, but every clip huh. I've seen has not made me want to actually watch them. Jim Carrey has been funny at times, but usually it's just more of the same. Happy New Year, everyone. End quote. <laughs> well, thanks, Keith. To be fair, Ace Ventura, when it came out, got a black ball from all of the critics, so... Yeah. yeah. Jamie Kleinert's answer was, quote, The Austin Powers franchise. The first one was funny Mm -hmm. the first time, but it got old quickly. Uh Mike Myers is great for comedy skits, but I don't care much for his long-form comedy, end quote. Well, there you go. Uh Thanks, Jamie. See the, uh, what was it, the love something... Oh, the love guru. The rule, yeah, see that. Maybe you'll like that. <laughs> that uh, no, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> Ursula Murray Husted was next with, quote, I'm not sure a lot of people like it, but Revenge of the Nerds is an automatic hard no from me, end quote. Thanks, huh. Ursula. Never seen it. Yeah, I have. I, I, I get where she's coming from. Didn't that, like, then begat more revenges of more nerds? There, the nerds went on revenge sprees for, like, four or five movies, yeah. They're not just candy. 
Kate Potter, in what I think is her first comment to us, wrote, quote, I think so. My cousin sent me a copy of Napoleon Dynamite for Christmas 2004 or 2005, and I remember watching it and thinking, and... So many, oh dear. Pe- so many people thought that movie was hilarious, and it yeah. did absolutely nothing for me, end quote. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Two votes for uh-huh. Napoleon. Thanks, Kate, mm. and welcome. Welcome. Watch out where the huskies go and do not eat that yellow snow. That's the <laughs> chant of all the folks up in frozen Canada, where Vince lives. It's the national anthem, actually. It's true. You just keep saying it over and over. It's the easiest one to yep. learn ever. Still, he <laughs> thought out long enough to write, quote, I don't know if it's my least fave, but I never found Caddyshack funny at all, though I am definitely oh. in the minority. Huh. Any Adam Sandler anything turns me off completely. I do like a lot of films no one else finds funny, but I am used to that, end quote. I do know that he never laughs bigger than at that king of comedy, Werner Herzog. Then yeah, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> wacky, wacky Werner Herzog. <laughs> but what about you, Max? I know it was my question, but what comedy that seems to make others chortle with glee just turns you off? I guess it was, there, there are a bunch. I think it was the Jim Carrey's Liar, Liar. Oh, didn't that was that. just a really uncomfortable one. It's, again, I, I don't really like the uncomfortable situations. The other was Clockwise, which oh. I can't say a lot of people think is that funny. It's a John Cleese movie. Oh. It's one of those everything goes wrong movies. I oh. hate those. Yeah. I just don't like that genre. It just, ugh. It's it's the reason why I can only watch one episode of Faulty Towers at a time. Yeah. Really yeah, funny. exactly. But- it's so concentrated. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What uh, what's the one uh, that makes you go meh? I mean, on, I mean, you're gonna know where this is coming from. Anything with Ben Stiller or Owen Wilson, wow. or if they're both in it, that's a double no. Mm-hmm. And c- quite honestly, mostly Adam Adam Sandler. Um, I I understand his brand of humor, and occasionally he does things that are funny. But again, I think just like I think it was Jamie who says mm-hmm. I like him in small doses. Skits better than full-length movies like stick pin he was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> stick pin quinn yep. yeah that's a that's i'll a kill you right now remote control there's a deeper yeah very deeper i i he's very hit or miss for me some of his i think are really fun and some of them are just you know give me something sharp so i can put my eyes out i'll also say i totally get the will ferrell thing um, I've, I watched Anchorman at least once, didn't laugh mm-hmm. once, just like, did I don't... an entire episode on Anchorman. Did we do Anchorman? We did. I've seen it twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't know, I don't get, I love him, like, theoretically, it just doesn't <laughs> seem to pay off for me for whatever reason, but... Uh. As always, thanks for all your great answers. And this week, we can thank Adam Mark for giving us the suggestion for this week's poll question. We and he would like to know what film has the best final or ending scene. Let us know in ways that will surprise you. (laughs) What won't surprise you is that trivia is next. The facts. Spoiler. 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 Okay, major spoilers here. That's why we had that alarm thingy. Big, big spoilers. Yeah. Honestly, there's no way to talk about this movie without doing so. So if you haven't seen the film and are thinking you might like to, we can hold off no further. Here be spoilers. Budget, $20 million. Take- Oh, man, you ruined it. <laughs> you didn't see that twist coming. They paid no. to make the movie, huh? <laughs> $20 million. Ah, good. Yeah, right, you're... Yeah. Yeah. Take, this is complicated, but this film alone yeah. made $46 million. See below. No. Oh, wait, huh. don't say see below. Just, <laughs> well, we'll get there. Remove glasses, look concerned. Well, then I couldn't read. Yeah. 
So in case you missed the reference, and I did, all the mm -hmm. main characters' last names are forms of royal station. We have oh, Gary yeah. King, Andy Knightley, Oliver Chamberlain, Stephen Prince, and Peter Page, members of a mm -hmm. royal court. So when Sam, Oliver's sister, shows up, only Gary doesn't stand as it would be if he were a king. The network, which we'll get to later, has its symbol inscribed on all the beer taps in all the pubs. It's uh, five lines with the center line taller than the others. Hmm. This film is the last of the so-called Cornetto trilogy. Those films mm. are represented by colors which themselves represent main elements in the films. The first, Shaun of the Dead, used red or strawberry for blood. Hot Fuzz, blood, blood, blah, blah. <laughs> Hot Fuzz used blue and vanilla for, well, cop colors. And this Cornetto was mint and chocolate, the mint green representing aliens. Ooh. Told you there's spoilers. And what the hell is the Cornetto trilogy? Well, it has another name given it by Peg and Frost, and that's the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. Yep. It's, all, it's also known as the Three Flavors Cornetto, all of which are a reference to a British frozen ice cream treat. Please note, treat is in quotes. Mm. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Martin Freeman, Bill Nighy, Rafe Spall, Julia Deakin, Patricia Franklin, and Garth Jennings appear in all three films. Edgar yep. Wright and Simon Pegg wrote all three as well. While the films don't share plot lines or characters, they were all made by the same team and did really rather well. On a combined budget of $38 million, they raked in a cool $156 million. Well done, them. Yeah. Apparently, it's called the Cornetto Trilogy, as Peg and Frost mentioned Cornetto ice creams as a cure for hangovers in Shaun of the Dead. The nice people <laughs> at Cornetto gave them free ice cream. Hoping to get more, <laughs> they mentioned it in the second film, Hot Fuzz, but did not get any more ice cream. Still, oh, eh, still ooh, Cornetto. The, yeah. Still, the name stuck, and thematically, the films are connected by each having elements of, quote, the individuals in a collective, growing up, and the dangers of perpetual adolescence, end quote. If you look carefully, and I didn't, all the cars parked in the lots are the same make and model, the Vauxhall Ampera. This oh, is I didn't notice that. I, I, me huh. either. This is meant to suggest conformity, and as the car is a plug-in electric, mm. to suggest something else key to the plot, which we'll get to later. Yep. The pub called The Mermaid has three mermaids in its sign, two blondes and a redhead, which echo the marmalade uh, sandwich, as mentioned yep. by the lads in their drunken teen recollections. And what book is Guy Shepard, their old teacher, reading when they encounter him in the pub? <laughs> Brave New World by Aldous yeah. Huxley. <laughs> get your meat here. Didn't get this one either, but some characters have blue blood, which is a term meaning royalty. Oh, yeah. They when even call them blue bloods at one point. Yeah, I just, I, I missed the whole royalty king knightly thing. Yeah. So. When young Gary is looking off into the morning sky after his night of debauchery, there's a shooting star in the background, but that's no shooting star. I'm not saying it was aliens, but... But it's, it's aliens! <laughs> Elements of the costumes predict things that will happen to their characters. Oliver and Peter both wear something blue, and they both become blanks. Stephen and Sam wear red huh. and later become a couple. Gary wears the same clothes he did when a teenager, which means he's balmy! <laughs> Oliver never gives up. He's showing a house to the same couple at the end of the film as he was in the beginning of the film. <laughs> yeah. And likely so much more, but that is a lot. Max, do you have any trivia you want to throw in here? I was just like Bill Nye. I only noticed that Bill Nye was one of the ones in all three movies. Even in this one, he only appears as a voice. That's okay. Bill Nye is always fun. Bill Nye is awesome. 
I believe he, we should bring him up as often as possible. I'm, the two roles I know him best are as the oldest vampire in Underworld, and yep. as the is it Davy Jones in um, Pirates of the Caribbean Fifty Two, or is it Yes, yes. yeah. And yeah. he, you can't see him much in any of these films, but he's just got this great presence. We like Bill Nighy uh, yeah. a lot, and apparently he has a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Well, might we get to the plot? Oh, sorry. I also did uh, want to point out. Uh, I guess not. Mad Basil. Did you recognize him? Yes. Oh my God! From both uh, Game of Thrones and, and Harry, Harry, Potter. Harry Potter. Yes, that is David Bradley, aka Walter Frey, and Mister Filch. No, stay for a red wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to that plot. Yeah. Gary King and his mates, Peter, Stephen, Oliver, and Andy, were thick as thieves in high school. Their last outing as lads was to try and complete their hometown's golden mile, drinking one pint in each of 12 pubs more or less connected along a route. They never quite made it, with various friends dropping out for different reasons along the way. Still, it was the best day of Gary's life, and to him seemed a promise of even better things to come. Sadly, it did not turn out that way. Everyone moved away, became more or less successful, grew up. Except Gary. As a sort of last-ditch effort to reclaim some of the power he possessed in high school, Gary cajoles, lies, and begs his mates to all get together to finally complete that golden mile. This time, for sure! And so they start. But things, besides being awkward and cringy, are not at all what they seem. In one pub, Gary's had enough with his mates whining and lack of enthusiasm. When he goes to the men's room, he sees a local lad, tries to start talking to him, and eventually ends up fighting him. But he's not a local lad. He's some kind of, here it comes, spoiler, alien robot. Utterly stunned, Gary manages to show his friends the evidence and suggests that if they just keep going as they were, acting normal, they'll be able to get out of town safely. Of course, that simply won't do. A couple more pubs down the mile, the local aliens catch on that they've been found out and start chasing our group down. Gary, trying to stick to the original plan and keep his mates out of trouble, leads from pub to pub while the aliens try their best to get a hold of the boys and just explain their side of things. See, this isn't an invasion exactly. <laughs> it's more a kind of intervention for a race of bad behaviorists, meaning um, us. The galaxy wants to welcome us into their bosom, which sounds weird, but see, we're really just the least civilized of the known worlds. Wouldn't it be nicer if we were just all forced to get along? Well, Gary doesn't think so, and neither do his friends. The World's End was the last pub in the Golden Mile, but is it as much a portent as it seems? Stay tuned, true believers! The Film so, Max, usual question. Yeah. Did you see this when it came out? Yes. I did. I'm not at all surprised. I'm no, assuming no, you saw... I, I the, love the Cornetto trilogy. You saw the whole thing, the, right? Whole thing. Even though, you know, Shaun of the Dead, it's a zombie movie, and zombie movies freak me out. It's so much fun. Yeah. Hot Fuzz, I think, is the most laugh-out-loud funny of the three. It's also the one that did the best, as it turns out. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I saw I saw this when it came out. Yeah, you did not? I This is the first of the, any of the Cornetto films I've seen. I oh, knew, you've never seen any of them? No, okay. I knew of them. And I do like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, as we said last week. They're the cutest couple ever. They're adorable. <laughs> I know they're not, but... Yeah, they should be. They And the funny thing is they're not childhood friends. They're actually they met in adulthood. Yeah. I think they met in a Burger King over the fact that one <laughs> of them was doing an R2-D2 impression. 
and they bonded over Star Wars fanmanship or whatever. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so this is my first. I'm coming in at the end, although it's not really an end because they're not connected that way. It was literally just a ploy to get ice cream. <laughs> you know, if we spent $20 million, we might get free ice cream. Brilliant! <laughs> do you want to talk that about That sounds the- like something you and I would do, yeah. I, and that's why I like Simon Pegg and Frost. It reminds me of us. It's like yeah. they're two really best friends, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Although we have our moments. <clears throat> you want to talk about the cast? Sure. Where I mean, we took to start? S- well, we gotta, might as well start at the top. You sure. know, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Uh, I think Simon Pegg's terrific. We, he's uh, found success in a lot of more mainstream stuff. I mean, he's been in both the Star Wars and the Star Trek universe. Bigger part in Star Trek, He's he was the new Scotty for, what, three movies? Well, you can actually see him in Star Trek, yes, whereas he true. can't in Star Wars. <laughs> no, he's, he's there. He's just under 20 pounds of latex and CG effects. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, I've always liked, uh, both of them are just so darn likable. Yeah. They're really good at that, even though he, in this movie in particular, Peg plays a very irresponsible, obnoxious character. He still has a real tragic streak to him, and you, you can sort of under, understand the charisma he had that drew the others to him. He was the daring one. He was the one yeah. that you know, no holds barred. He would jump off things and do things you weren't supposed to. He peaked in high school, which is yeah, a thing. This, He's a, it, for a comedy, I found him an amazingly complex character. Because mm. on the one hand, I have a, a note that says he's like a Shakespearean spirit of some sort, right? Um, he's mm. almost not real. He's kind of Peter Pan in a way. But he's also, like you said, he's got this really tragic part that they touch on. You know it's coming because you can feel it. You know it's like there's something not like, is he? does he find out that he has cancer? Or well, you, you see him, the first time you see him, he's sitting in a, a circle with people on folding chairs. That's never a good sign. It, no. It's clearly that he's in some kind of uh, recovery or something. Well, it's because we Thanos he, snapped his fingers, that's why. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But we aren't exactly sure how far it's gone. I would. I don't think he's a fantasy figure. I don't think he's Peter Pan at all. I think he's very real. He is exactly like you say. He's the guy who peaked in high school and can't get over the fact that he's not the king anymore and always wants to recapture that. And that's very painfully real. There are a lot of people who are exactly like that. You might want to go with uh, the Peter Pan syndrome, which is an actual disorder, sure. which is the guys who just don't who who don't want to grow up, who want to. Uh, who loved who they were in high school or earlier or whatever and can't deal with the fact they're not that person anymore and no one around them is either. Well, the reason I thought of him as a Shakespearean pub spirit is he seems like that kind of person that you don't, you're not with them much, but when you are, they're kind of almost legendary in their energy and their, their antics and that kind of thing. But when you start to examine them as a person, that's when the things start to fall away. Yeah, that's um, what, but again, that's why I don't really think the spirit thing works. Spirit implies I, he would really be like that, that that's who he really is. He isn't. He's somebody with a lot of charisma and a lot of, a lot of personal magnetism, but he's a massively flawed human. I think it depends on how you encounter him. I think if you're mm. like a pub goer, that's exactly who he is. If you're one of his unfortunate four friends, yeah. then no. But it's like if you met this guy maybe a couple of times at a pub, he would be the limelight. He would be the spotlight. And you'd probably 
leave wondering what's with like you know what is this guy he he's the kind of character that inspires you to think about or fantasize about crazy stuff that's what i meant i don't meant, oh, think okay. that he's meant to be seen as a, a you know an elf or you know somebody from the fake yeah. wild or if, anything. yeah if you if you met him very briefly he would be a character not a person yeah and he's like yeah. equal parts embarrassing and charismatic and equal yeah. parts honestly kind of brilliant and really stupid <laughs> yeah 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 that's the thing he is he's very quick-witted in some ways but he's just colossally dumb in every other way he doesn't he he cannot he has no ability to think ahead he's very clearly just a creature of the moment it's really like that skit from monty python where the guy goes to get a fish license and he's yeah. trying to argue i think it's michael palin and john cleese and he's yeah. trying to argue that John Cleese is trying to argue he needs a fish license. Michael Palin's like, no, you don't. And it's like, you know, oh, he never did. And then Cleese just goes, did, 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 did. And Michael Palin goes, oh, all right. And I think that's how, how he out-argues yeah. his friends. Is he yeah, he just beats them down. And he's so good at twisting things. Like, yeah. you just said this. No, I didn't. And he's, but it's like, not even, but it's slightly more clever than that. Well, it's I, also just so colossally missing the point. My favorite, one of my favorite lines is, I haven't had a drink in 16 years, Gary. Well, you must be thirsty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you can't, eventually you just can't fight it. His energy is off the charts. Yeah. And the thing I also like about Gary King is that it is kind of, for me anyway, outside the usual Simon Pegg. Mm. Yeah, no, this isn't, he's usually kind of the likable, either the likable schlub or, like, well, in Hot Fuzz, he's the hyper-competent tight ass. Yeah. But in this, yeah, he's the just irresponsible man-child. You know who else it, I could yeah. have seen playing this part? Not that I want him to, necessarily. Mm -hmm. David Tennant would have walked away uh, with this. David Tennant could have nailed this, yeah. yeah. Um, Nick, uh, Nick, Nick Frost? Nick Frost, yeah. Perfect, like, yeah. opposite. Amazing cat. Yeah, absolutely. He's the solid, stolid, uh, the support guy, the ultimate wingman. And he obviously, you can tell he hates that. He doesn't like the fact he was the sidekick, mm. and he knows it. And well, he also, he, he has a deep resentment of Gary because, you know, Gary Gary did something pretty awful to him when they were kids. Yeah. And do it with, involving a car accident and Gary leaving him to take the heat. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell there's a lot of simmering anger in Andy, who is... Try, he was sort of the nice guy, but you get the feeling he's the nice guy who deep down isn't, he doesn't want to be nice. Yeah. Well, he finally gives in and sort of becomes uh. part of the group. Um, but the bookends that are Gary King and Andy Knightley, I think, work really well. Mm. And then you get the uh, the rest of the group, which, quite honestly, you can see why they hung around with Gary, because none of them are interesting. Not saying that they the acting isn't of, good. No, they don't have the same force of personality. They're, they aren't... Um, Gary is larger than life. The rest of them aren't. I mean, Martin Freeman, who's terrific, he's <laughs> Oliver. Yeah. And the only the only person, the only character I've ever seen who actually says WTF in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, they ask him, what does that mean? Which we won't say, because naughty. Yes. Um, do you know, did you get the whole O-Man thing? I didn't get that. I, I couldn't quite, I thought it had to do with his birthmark. It did, but I don't even know what the reference was. They keep calling, he, he's called O-Man because of a birthmark, which quite honestly, I never see. And I don't even know what the reference is, but apparently it upsets him. Yeah. So, Yep, I'm not sure. And, you know, Patty Considine does a really nice job as Steven. Yep. And obviously the guy who was, he wasn't quite a rival because he obviously doesn't 
It's like, you can't be a rival with Gary King. No, but he's the only one who comes close to trying. Yeah. yeah. And of course- They both were interested in the, in the same woman, Sam. Right. Who was Oliver, Oliver's sister, and is played by Rosamund Pike. Yes. Who is always a lot of fun. And I know her from something, and I can't You know it. her from everything. She's been in all this stuff. You you would go, oh, that was her. Yeah. Yeah, she was in Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley. Uh, no. Uh, she was in Doom, for God's sake, with The Rock. She uh, was, no. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Well, I'm sure I've seen her before. Yeah. She has very little to do, to be fair. Um, this is, quite honest, this is a guy-buddy movie, so I get it. It's very much a buddy movie, yeah. Uh, I actually appreciate that when she is on screen, she is in control of herself and of even Gary. She fends him off. However, he does have one of my favorite lines in the film, was, which was, We'll always have the disabled, though, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> That's because they, when they were in, they were teenagers. They had sex in the in the handicapped bathroom stall. Yeah, and of course he's got it all wrong. And so you know, whoa, what if we had got together? And she's like, no, no. He said, you were never boyfriend material. It no. never would have happened. You no, were, you were a lot of fun, but no. Yeah, and then we got somebody playing Peter, who I don't see in the list. I don't remember. Yeah, I his can't. Name. Re- honestly, I, I, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's yeah. one of those British actors who tends. To play uh, a clerk or or uh, <laughs> Bob just Cratchit. some guy, yeah, <laughs> he's very Cratchity. Remember. He 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 is Cratchit esque, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Uh, God, I always forget. It's Peter, isn't it? Yeah, yep. Peter Page. Yeah. And uh, Which yeah, doesn't sound at all like a Eddie, Marvel superhero from the yeah Peter Page, a guy named Eddie Marson or okay. Marsan. Yeah. And I couldn't tell you what else he's been in. I know he's been in a bunch of stuff, but he tends to be a background character. Yeah. Uh, we talked about David Bradley, who is also not there very much, but David no. Bradley is, you, you always pay attention to him when he's on screen. Yep. Um, strangely, got- we have Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yes. It's like, hello, I'm Pierce Brosnan and I'm in this movie. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, he plays Mr. Shepard, who is their old high school teacher, who is... You know, now an evil alien robot. And probably the one that's the hardest to tell has changed. <laughs> yes. Because you get the feeling that's exactly the way he talked. And the way they respond to him yeah. is like, yes, it's exactly the same way he, he was before. They're not even sure. And yeah, it's not until he, his eyes start glowing that you're actually totally sure. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say there's really not a weak performance in the bunch. It's no. really centered on the five friends. And mm-hmm. they have various levels of parts. Uh, probably the top are going to be Peg and Frost. And then the guy playing mm-hmm. Steven comes in third because of the bit with him. And it's they actually give him a nice little sort of arc where he's like, Hey, Sam, I'm still in love with you. And I really wish I'd said something back in high school, but I didn't. Yeah, it's like, you know, dude, read the room. This is not the right time. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, good performances and in some cases, surprising ones. Again, I think Peg is really stretching himself here and he's a lot of fun. Mm. He's kind of like oh. that kind of guy that you kind of wish you knew and then you realize you maybe you didn't. <laughs> he's the kind of guy you you wish you would run into at a party, but you would not want, you wouldn't want him to know where you lived or what your phone number was. Yeah. Because you know he would be hitting you up for money or a ride or God knows what. Yeah, I read an article once written by a guy who was literally somehow invited to go out in the town with Bill Murray. 
And that oh, was wow. apparently quite the experience because Bill would just go places and just start talking to people randomly. And you never huh. knew where you were going to end up or if he was going to leave you somewhere because he might oh. just do that. And that <laughs> kind of reminds me of this. But actually, the group and the opening of the film kind of reminded me of another British film. Did it remind you of any other British film? Not off the top of my head. Reminded me a lot of The Full Monty. Oh, yeah, I guess. There was the same thing, the sort of central character. The central charismatic character, the chunky best friend. Yeah, and the other yeah. guys, which admittedly weren't high school friends, but they were mm -hmm. trying to get together to do something crazy that just might work. Yeah, um, but the thing is, they're trying to get together to do something that would actually help them. Right. It's not like trying to recapture old glory. That's what Gary's trying to do, yeah. and he's just roped them all in. I think it's a little different, but I see the. I definitely see the parallels. And again, it's in a little nothing British town. Yep. And unfortunately, we did just lose Tom Wilkinson, who was one of the actors of that. Um, yeah. If you have not seen The Full Monty, it's actually a really fun film. It it's a it's charming, and it's and kind it's, of affirming because these yeah. guys end up doing a striptease, and one of them is built for it, and the rest of them aren't. And it's kind of a nice show of support, um, yeah, and bravery. But yeah, that's that movie. This is this movie. Yeah. This movie. Um, when you first saw it, were you expecting what was going to happen? No. <laughs> this movie changes direction twice, very hard. Yeah. I mean, we start out and it's like, oh God, this is like, you know, the former high school friends dealing with arrested development and mm. growing up. And then suddenly it's science fiction apocalypse movie. Yeah. And there's some horror too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of this, some of this stuff is really disturbing. Mm -hmm. the, the whole thing with all the, you know, they realize all of almost all the people in the town have been replaced by these what they end up calling blanks because they're trying to. They keep calling them robots, and the robots get offended. Yeah, because robot is from a Czech word meaning slave, right, which we which now know from watching this movie. Oh, I but actually yes, that, it's but, also yeah. it's also true. Yeah. But uh, so they, they try, oh, you know, he's a, I don't know, he's a blank, she's a blank. Okay, we'll call them blanks, yeah. Yeah, well, they keep trying to come up with names, but of course, they're about, yeah. what, six or seven pubs in at that point? And yeah, so they're, they're very not, drunk. Yeah. I, no idea. Like, when the fight was coming in the, the ba bathroom between Gary and the, and the young guy... I was mm -hmm. like, oh, God, he's going to get the crap beaten out of him. This is where we're going to find out what's wrong with Gary. Oh, maybe he's got 10 days to live or something. Oh, the head came off. <laughs> it's like, and he's blue. The blood's blue. What's happening? Yeah. Here's the thing. A lot of times when movies switch gears, change genres, or almost subvert their own initial message, it really doesn't work. Mm. What do you think about this time? It's funny. It's one of the, my issues with the movie. The first change of direction, like where we find out that it's a science fiction, I think that works. Yeah. I think that's great. It's at the end when suddenly it's a post-apocalyptic movie for 10 minutes. Yeah. I found that, un I found that jarring and, and strange. I wasn't... I respect it. Sorry yeah, to interrupt, but right. I respect it. I was like, okay, they took a chance. They actually went for something different. I'm For me, I'm not sure the ending works. But well, the, the rest of it, yeah. And here's the thing. This is the part that actually almost supports my little Shakespearean pub spirit theory, which is that in the end, 
the four friends. Well, I'm sorry, the two friends because two of them have been turned. Well, no, no, three. No, there are three. Rem- three are still human. <laughs> One of them is still selling real estate, which, even though half he's a robot with half his head missing. Well, he put a, a volleyball on uh. top of that. So. <laughs> um, the. Two of the friends, one of them is Nick Frost's character, Indy Knightley, doing the whole, you know, back in the before times, you know, he's doing this tale telling the, the road kids. warrior. <laughs> yeah, he's telling the, the Beyond Thunderdome story yeah. to the kids. Um, Scary has basically decided that he is not going to change, and he's somehow gathered a group of robot <laughs> adventurers, and he is their king, and he goes into po- to a pub to do something. I don't know what. He, he wants to get a drink. Yeah. You're droids. It, we don't serve their kind here. Yeah, pretty much. It's not just he gets a pack of robots. At one point, they encounter robot duplicates of their young selves. Right, and that's who he gets. And he destroys the version of himself. As he should. And he keeps the other four with him. So, yeah, he literally like, nope, I'm going to just be the same person except in a post-apocalyptic white nightmare. And that's the thing about this movie that when I started looking more into, into it that I was more impressed by. So the thing you just said, he destroys the younger version of himself. Mm. If that's not a really interestingly thought-out symbol, I don't know what is. Yeah, I do like when he first... The aliens in this, the whole story of that is kind of interesting. I'd, li- I'd like to get to that. Yeah. But they, one of the things they offer is, look, we can, they can duplicate people. Yeah. They can create these, they call blanks, they're robots, they look, look, sound, move exactly like the other people, and they have selected memories. Not all, not all of them, but they have a lot of them. And they say, how would you like to be your younger self but with selected memories from your life. That's incredibly tempting. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what we all dream, sometimes dream about? Oh, if only I could be young but know what I know now. Yep. But not everything. What if you could just have the useful stuff and have all the cynicism or whatever the world has pounded out of you gone? Oh, my God, that would be tempting. Of course it Even is. Gary, when he looks at himself, he sees the young version of himself as the robot just goes... Oh, God, I'm so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will admit the young Gary, to me, does not look like he's going to grow up to be old Gary. (laughs) He doesn't look like a young Simon Pegg. No. I mean, And apparently he was an inch and a half taller than Simon Pegg. (laughs) So Simon's wearing lifts. Um, So there is stuff like that that I like in this film. There's a lot of little symbols thrown in that Mm -hmm. shows that the writers were really thinking. I did not notice the mermaid sign having the marmalade sandwich, but of course... I didn't either. I didn't notice the network. So the network is the name of the alien presence that's basically come down and said, oh boy, you guys need a timeout. Maybe a permanent one. That's the thing. They're not evil in well, that they aren't. Well, they're not, they don't think of themselves as waha. We're conquerors. We you will subjugate. We will subjugate you, puny humans. It's like, oh, we're here to help. We want everyone to get along and yeah. be, you know, harmonious and productive and nice. And you know, okay, if we have to kill a bunch of you, and if we have, they're honestly that is a really disturbing invasion image it's not invasion it's hegemony it's yeah. taking over by controlling the culture well but even just sort of sanding off the more well shall we say interesting parts 
And what Gary points out in a sequence I'm going to come to in a second, but what he points out to the aliens is like, what's your percentage of people that are blanks versus the real people left in Newton, whatever it is that he comes from? And it's like, well... 5%. 5%. There's like three people. <laughs> and he says, yeah, Mad Basil and the Shifty Twins. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and Mad Basil, of course, is the, you know, tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist who, of course, turns out to be right. He was completely right. I mean, he drinks out of a bendy straw for perfectly, for actually perfectly logical reasons, it turns out. Uh, yeah. No. And, and uh, I even even as a running gag of, and don't ask me what happens to the ones they take away, you know. What happens to the one they take away? I told you not to ask that. He does that twice. <laughs> well, and it turns out the answer is, oh, that's yeah, uh, Ew, that's nasty. So green has grown from people. Yeah, um, yeah. So that sequence where Gary's standing up to the network, I don't know if they did this on purpose, yeah. but all mm-hmm. I could think of was, what does God need with a spaceship? <laughs> except yeah. kind of just as dopey, but working better. <laughs> I guess, except I have to say, it was a remarkably unconvincing speech. Well, except that Gary is using Gary word foo on the network the way he uses yeah. it on his friends, and it kind of works. <laughs> he is a, ma- that's the thing, Gary is a master emotional manipulator. Yeah. He really knows how to push everyone's buttons. That's one of the other things I like about the way they integrate the science fiction with, they still have the story of who he is. Mm. When they at one point they're in this place called the smokehouse and they're trying to figure out, you know, how do we know we haven't been replaced? Yeah. And all the examples, he said, because the blanks are all physically perfect, they don't have any of the scars or the tattoos. And when he's pointing each one of them, like, here, show this scar that I gave you. <laughs> he all of the others have injuries that he gave them. Yeah. And he doesn't. Yeah. Well, he does, but he won't show it. And we find yeah, out because later he why. Did it hit- he did it himself. Yes. Well, but he still had it. Yes. They didn't want to. He didn't want to show because he still had his little bracelet. No, no, that's what I mean. He was where they when. No, the, one of the, the big... wound they wanted to see was on his elbow. And yeah, so he'd but he wouldn't to... roll up his sleeve yeah. because on on his wrists, you see that his wrists are bandaged. Yeah. And the implication is he tried to kill himself, and you can see he has hospital tags still on his wrists. Yeah. There's just a lot of little details in this film that suggest a depth you don't often see, especially mm. in a comedy. Now, I know that calling this a comedy is kind of not Oh, some right. of it's hilarious. Oh, it some is. of it's really funny. But some of it's kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, when the, the robot's mouths and eyes first light up, that's like Ooh, Invasion of the Body That's very snatchers. disturbing, yeah. And then, oh, that's the way it is with all, all the Cornetto movies. Right. They're funny, but like Shaun of the Dead is kind of horrifying. It is a zombie movie. People are being eaten. Yeah. Hot fuzz, intensely violent. Is it? Okay. Although, it's funny. What uh, I remember reading this year after I saw it, no one actually, oh, or sorry, almost no one dies in that movie. Oh. They are often hideously injured. There are like two, maybe three murder victims, and all the rest of the violence is non-lethal. Hmm. Very wow. surprising. Remember but, that? Uh, yeah. 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 So all of these, yeah, they, he, they do that. They have the comedy elements and the scary, dark, disturbing elements. And none of them, I, none either of the elements or none of the three elements really 
overpower mm. the other two, which is nice. No, that's it's a really interesting mix. I will say that the first chunk of film was not laugh out loud funny to me, but once no, they get to the real. two-headed dog, I started laughing, and there was some really funny mm. stuff. Something else that was really impressive to me, the fight with the robots, whenever it happens... I'm like looking at these special effects going, I literally don't know. I mean, I mentally can figure out how they do it, but I still can't figure out how they did it because they're mm. literally pulling limbs off robots that are continuing to act. And you can tell they're still actors, but no, there's a blue neck with juice coming out of it or they're <laughs> beating the robots with their own limbs. One robot has her arms taken off and she puts her legs on where her arms are <laughs> and it's hilarious but you know weird and frightening at the same time yeah it's this weird cronenbergian body horror thing yeah it's really i don't know it's it's very well made whether this mm. film holds up or not again we're gonna get to that in the end yeah, yeah. but um speaking of that little why does god need his i actually felt like in a way this was a very very star trek plot this is yeah. humanity meeting a you know the metrons from arena or something like that. Mm -hmm. We're meeting a higher power that's basically looking down and going oh, oh no. No 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 no. Yeah. No 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 no. Yes. And naughty children. Yeah. Naughty naughty. And us basically trying to fight for our independence, our freedom whatever. The results aren't exactly what we were expecting. Um, but that being said, to me, it felt very Star Trek. And that might be partially because I think at least Simon Pegg is a Star Trek fan, or at least he, if he mm. wasn't then, he was going to be. <laughs> There's uh, a very weird movie callback in this. The, at the very beginning, they play from uh, a rock song. I forget who it's from. But you hear this quote, what is it you want to do? And this is what Gary quotes at the end. We want to be free... We want to do what we want. We want to get loaded. Yeah. Do you know what that's from? No. That is from a Roger Corman movie called Wild Angels. Oh, God. With Peter Fonda <laughs> and, uh, oh, Lord, what's it? Uh, Bruce Dern. Oh. To and be like Hell's the Angels. Corman. To know yeah, like the Corman. Yeah, like the Corman. Yeah, a lot of walking here. Remember, robot yeah, monster. It's a, yeah, that, that's what this... That's what he's, he's referencing. It's a very weird reference, and somehow it works. It's a really fun soundtrack full of songs that sound yeah. like I should know them, but I don't. Ex yeah, same same here. Although there was the one, come on, you know, show me show me the way to the next whiskey bar, The Doors. Oh, that's true, yes. I did know that yeah. one. That was the only song. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. It was just a lot of fun, and I will probably look up that soundtrack and, and yeah. the bands that soundtrack. are in it, because I'm sure a lot of them are British bands, and there's probably lots mm -hmm. of British language, which is you know why I didn't understand it as well, because they, they speak <laughs> funny over there. Yeah. But, yeah. Dang I, furners. <laughs> yeah, speaking our language. <laughs> Speak English, damn. Oh. Um, shut up! Yeah. <laughs> But there's some very reflective parts of this film. I mean, let's face it. We probably all have either met or maybe even know somebody that peaked in high school. That was it for yeah. them, and they never got past never. it. And this film is in its way examining that. And is that a sad thing? Generally, yeah. Because yeah. if you can't see anything for yourself past that point of I won the football game... I mean, that's pretty early for it to be all downhill from there. Yep. Yep. And they are looking at that, but they're also saying growing up isn't all what it's cracked up to be either, right? Yeah. The, these guys who, you know, Gary is like, you guys all have these perfect lives. Yeah. It's like, no, no, they don't. I mean, half of them are divorced. Uh, 
one of them works for his father or his father-in-law or whoever it is. Yeah, at the dealership. And doesn't seem to yeah, doesn't seem to like it much. Yeah, and their lives aren't perfect. He Gary just has this image of it. Well, and I think that in its way, this film, this comedy sci-fi horror film, this is a movie about making compromises in life, uh, right? Mm, like, yeah. life can't be all your way or you end up like Gary. Now, mm -hmm. that being said, you know, maybe there's some grayness to these people's lives, but um, quite honestly, they all live in much nicer houses than I do. Yeah. <laughs> so there are, you know, benefits to these things, too. You have to give a little to get a little. That's the way it goes. And it comments on that in a way, and it makes you think that that's what the film's going to be about, and then there's suddenly aliens. But, but you know, mm -hmm. let's face it. When that finally happens, that's how it's going to work. Yeah. We're going to be doing our normal thing, and then suddenly... Giorgio's going to pop out with three heads and four arms. His name used to be Phil. And <laughs> sorry, that's a off deeper, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot going on. And uh, would you now, I haven't seen the other Cornetto films. Would you say that they are also similar in that way? Or do you think that the writer team of Wright and Peg kind of reached a crescendo with this film? I think this is the most direct message they have. I mean, in Shaun of the Dead, both uh, Peg and Frost are these kind of arrested uh, man-children. They're just schlubs who have no ambition and haven't gone anywhere. Mm -hmm. But they're not. it's not so much they're holding on to the past. Okay. And it's very different in Hot Fuzz, where, you know, Peg is this super cop. Well, no, what I was, was asking is, like, do you think that each of those films was as thoughtful in its way and as, as depth? Honestly, depth? yes. Yeah? Yes, I think it did. Shaun of the Dead makes, the uh, very opening of Shaun of the Dead talks about how, you know, we're already kind of zombies, or there are zombies around us oh. now, but other than the monsters, and Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz is more making fun of the Law and Order cop cliches, but it's also... It's about the weird elements of town pride and mm. how things can get out of control that way. And yeah, I, I do think they're, uh, they're very intelligent comedies. They're very thinking person's comedies. I think the writing in these movies is terrific. I think the dialogue in this one is really sharp. I think the jokes when they're funny, when they're there are really funny. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, what other notes do you have before we get to the point of all this? Sounds great, but let's face it. These films don't always hold up. Sometimes it's great the first time, and then, eh, and it has been 10 uh, years. What other notes have you got before we get to that part? Uh, that, that's, that's most of it. I mean, like I say, the movie goes for 37 minutes before we hit science fiction. Yeah. And it goes for an hour and 40 minutes before we get post-apocalyptic wasteland movie. Yeah, let's talk about the pacing, because quite honestly, yeah. it's just short of two hours. I did not feel any kind of slowness no, at all. No, I think it... It moves along beautifully. They, the cuts are really sharp, really quick. None of the scenes drag. No, we yeah, don't focus. I, think, I think the pacing's terrific. Even when it gets to the points where we're finding the really sad part of Gary, and Gary's having to finally confront who Gary really is, it doesn't mm -hmm. take. Too, they don't take too much time with that, which is good. Nope. This is meant to be a comedy. Yeah. Sort of. But uh, let's get to that part. Yeah. The finish. So, so Max, what did you think? You of? don't know me. Yes, I do. You're right maybe there. you're the like, one. Maybe you're the one with a problem. You ever think of? <laughs> Is that your final vote on the film? <laughs> no, I, I like this film. Although I do find the ending a little weird. I find the ending kind of 
out of left field. Again, I respect the experiment. Mm-hmm. But for me, it kind of shakes it a little bit. Well, in what way? I mean... <laughs> it's like, okay, I was starting to... You know, we have the big explosive finale, then we have sort of, oh, here's what happened next. It's like, oh, the whole world changed again. Mm. Not only now we know they're aliens, but when the aliens leave, and they do, you know, Gary somehow explains that humans are... I'm sorry, you're going to have to bleep this, but <laughs> as he says, we have the right to be f***-ups. <laughs> so why don't you f*** off? Too late. And they, they learned do. that man was a feeling creature. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank, thank you. I'm Peter Graves. Um, and then suddenly it's like, yeah, oh, by the way, they also, all our technology stopped working. Yeah. And we went back into... The Dark Ages, as he puts it, although I think he meant they went back to the Stone Age, basically. Kind of. And everything, it's like suddenly, oh, this is a whole other story. Suddenly, the whole th- the thing that's kind of fun about this movie is it's this very small scale. It's all one little town in the middle of nowhere, England. And suddenly, this is a global story about how the whole world collapsed. Yeah. And uh, again, I respect the attempt. For me... It kind of shook me out of the movie. Hmm. What about what did you think? You had this is your first time seeing it. This is my first Cornetto. It's not my your first, first British ice cream. You had, which, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, uh, they're they're good at other things. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, so you didn't know what to expect. You didn't know there were going to be aliens. You didn't know there was going to no. be all of this. No, I no. <laughs> I honestly think that thought the kid was going to beat the crap out of Gary, and something sad was going to happen, and his friends were going to rally around and boister his, you know, sorry soul or blah blah mm-hmm. blah. I had no idea the head was going to fly off and blue blood was going to pop out. I was as shocked <laughs> as Gary was when that happened. Okay, and. Not that I was sort of leaning back and getting comfortable, but I really did sit up and take notice and go, wait, what? (laughs) And that happened. Yeah. I really like the depth of detail in this film. Like, I didn't notice Mm -hmm. the Vauxhall's cars, but like the fact that they don't care whether you notice or not, it's just like there's little hints in places that stuff's coming. Um, I like the fact that the mermaid, the mermaid, has three mermaids (laughs) and there's two blondes and a redhead, which, you know, the marmalade sandwich. Mm -hmm. Watch the film, folks. I liked the fact that we've got Simon Pegg really stretching his limits and becoming this really charismatic, embarrassing character that we kind of can't look away from. Nick Frost is really reining it in and just being the uptight. Mm. Uh, I don't know if he sells insurance or what the hell he does. Um, I guess he's a lawyer. He's a lo- he is a lawyer. This uptight lawyer guy who's got no time for anything that's basically, what's the word, fun in his life anymore. And finally just, you know, overcoming that and, you know, coming to his best friend's aid when he realizes that, oh, I guess the thing about the alien robots is true. I like being thrown off balance and not feeling like I've actually fallen. You know, it's mm, like when you're leaning yeah. back in a chair and you go too far, but you catch yourself. It's like that, not yeah, the actual the hitting movie. the ground. Yep. The end of the film, the only thing I have against the end of the film is I kind of now want to see the sequel. That's the thing. <laughs> I, uh, that's what the frustrating part is. Like, now I want to see more. You can't just stop and leave this. Well, and I could totally see them having made three films based on these characters. I could totally see a high school film made with Mm -hmm. the five musketeers, right? Mm -hmm. Because 
their hijinks in their youth when they were all into it and stuff could be a lot of fun. I could see the middle film where, you know, Gary goes off and does whatever Gary does and the other kids start to lose that energy, that sense of adventure and stuff. And then the final film where, oh no, Gary, poor Gary, wait, blah, 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 aliens! <laughs> you know, should it have been stretched out? I don't know, but I could see, because there's enough written here and the characters are also detailed but not over explained enough that you're wanting yeah. more mm. i could see them either and again warriors of the wasteland maybe gary goes off to dark tower stephen king's book who knows <laughs> yeah. but i i wouldn't say this is like a favorite comedy but i ended up really liking it and i really yeah. appreciate yeah. the craft that went into this film it is it's not really well made it is not just a comedy there are some scary parts there's some science fiction parts but the parts that made me laugh really made me laugh. Mm. And I appreciate it no matter what. But you know what else I appreciate? What's that? Answers to our poll question. Yes. And we would like people to answer, what film has the best final or ending scene? And how can you tell us, you might ask? That's your cue. Line. <sighs> Kristen's honey worst filming. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can. Why? You can. You can write to us at. Yes, um, I'll, I'll take over, honey. Just sit down. Okay. Have a milk. Uh, <laughs> you can write to us directly. Can I have at some us. saltines? <laughs> at us at Max Mike Movies. Com. You can go to our website, which is MaxMikeMovies.com. All our episodes, tra-la-la, give us comments, give us ideas for shows, give us ideas for uh, movies we haven't seen that you're like, wait, you haven't seen that? Or series you think we should do. Or heck. Or ideas for poll questions, yeah, like Adam you. did. Or, you know, write us. Be like si Adam. We do like Adam. We like Adam on the shelf. I don't know what that means. Um, you could also just write us and like he has done twice now and say, I don't agree with you guys on this movie. Or, you know what? You guys got something wrong or whatever. We'd love to read your, your little messages to us on the air, although it's not really air. If you want to go to social media, you can go to Facebook. We are there under Max Mike Movies. And if there is a podcast app, more likely than not, we're on it. Max mm -hmm. Mike Movies. It's inevitable. Like next week's episode, which, Max, what will be we watching for next week's episode? We watch Funny Movie. Ah, that one, huh? Funny Movie. See you next week. Is there a movie <laughs> called Funny Movie? I wonder. The, I don't uh, I don't think so. I mean, there's Silent Movie. There's Funny Girl. Eh, probably. Uh, now, we're going to watch one. No. I will be interested to see if people know this one. Hmm. We are going to be watching a movie about one of the most famous tan people playing a vampire. Oh. We're going to see George Hamilton in Love at First Bite. Ah, yes. A surprisingly difficult movie to watch nowadays. I, when I was a kid, I remember loving this movie. I thought it was hilarious. I have not seen it in forever. Mm. I am really curious to find out if it still works for me. So we want to see if it's funny or if it sucks. Oh! I don't get it. <laughs> get it? Because he's a, a vampire? Yeah. And they suck blood? I don't see it. <laughs> of course you don't. You probably <laughs> won't see the movie either. <laughs>
This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. We should uh, do the show. Button press. I have done. Yay. Are you pressed like pants in the rain? I don't know what that means. (laughs) Yeah, boy, I'm pressed like pants. I'm down with the pants. I guess guess that's not very street, is it? Uh, Uh, It's the street you live on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes, welcome to White Street. (laughs) Three, Three, two, two, jazz hands. Oh, stop it! (laughs) Do the freaking clapping! I like watching the vein in your forehead pop. Then <laughs> <sighs> you screw up my opening. Three, two, one. Yeah.